Hello, good evening, and welcome to episode 10 of Megabus to the Ritz. I'm waist deep in the river behind Primark, tickling trout for my supper. The police will be here any minute now. Mustache. That was weird. Part of Heisenberg's uncertainty principle says that the more you know about a particle's speed, the less you know about its position, and vice versa, then the more you know about its position, the less you know about speed. Um, I can't run as fast as an atom, but I'm made of them, and some of the same rules might apply to me. So last week, it was all about how running those 27 miles had left me feeling elated, like I was levitating, like I evolved, like I was just become better at running, and I was full of hope and optimism and I just want to keep on cracking on going forward but it was all about myself it was all about how what I'd learned about myself and maybe by doing that the rules of Heisenberg's uncertainty principle could follow that I knew a lot about myself and I kind of less knew less about my position and if I don't know if I'm going to keep this thing going this metaphor where it is going you could say the more I knew about myself from running the less I knew about the world around me and this week has has definitely been a lesson in that um, I, you know, it's, it's been a tough one mentally. I felt like I've been pulled and stretched and bent in ways that my, my brain no longer wants to go. I've been thankful that I'm still teetotal because I think in the past I would have resorted to drinking and lashing out about certain things that happened. And, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's weird. I, I felt so confident, confident that I knew who I was and I worked out who I am because of running that just to come up against something that you'd forgotten about in the real world just you know you put everything into question I was thinking about why am I running I was questioning things like is this even a good idea does it it doesn't matter I haven't like my job hasn't improved because I'm running You, you know I've lost weight and I've got healthier but you know am I really in a better position because of it and all this just came about because of two two little things two little things happened right I had um my Netflix account got hacked and it reminded me of a situation two years ago where I had this thing with, I don't even know what it was, like I could guess you could call it like a stalker, but someone was just posting stuff about me online and that, like the police were involved. It, it got ugly, it wasn't nice. So I had flashbacks of that. I thought, here we go again, this, this stuff is happening. And someone sent me a screenshot of a message that someone had sent like said something about me in a conversation they sent it to me and I saw it and I just I just flipped out and it just reminded me that like certain people who are I guess toxic will always stay that way they will never change and it just it freaked me out I just didn't feel good I I didn't react well to it um you know if if it was if I was still drinking alcohol I probably would have drunk a lot and lashed out and lashed out and I don't know it's been a weird one it's I kind of can't believe that I'm doing this like a podcast like this after last week that just to just to talk about how kind of it's just been tough like how I've just struggled to like I didn't do a video on a weekend I still got out and ran and my running was good I was enjoying my running um but the when I wasn't kind of moving fast and exercising there was a lot of doubts going on and yeah it's it's strange and it's I just honestly I, I can't believe that I'm having to talk about having a difficult week after having one of the one of the like most fulfilling weekends I've ever had so but it's all good now I'm I'm feeling better about it I've just got my head down and, and worked out the problems myself and just I just realized that like 
what people say about you doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't matter. It's, it's just move on. Those people are not worth dwelling on. So I'm feeling much more positive now. I've got a race this weekend, the Slightly Half Marathon. I can't wait for it. Did a nice, easy run today. Today is Tuesday. I usually record the podcast on a Monday, but I still felt lethargic mentally yesterday. So I'm feeling on top of my mind game right now. That's why I'm talking to you. That's why I'm giving you episode 10 of Megabus to the Ritz. That's why I'm going to say it early on. Thank you all for listening and sticking with me so far. And let's just talk about Slightly Half Marathon. I'm going to finish my story from Spain where I was training for the World Indoor Champs and I've got some questions to answer. Let's get on with it. Welcome aboard the Megabus. We're heading to the Ritz. Let's go. Actually, before I continue, let me just, because I talked about kind of my mental health last week and how running really did pull me through it. Obviously, the love of my family helped a lot, but, you know, running is something that is just, it's on demand. You can just, it's like a tap, you can turn it anytime you need it, it's there for you. And so I just want to just say something quickly about running and the mental health benefits. I, I struggled a lot for a lot of years with kind of just being so up and down. Like I'd have insane peaks where I was just really hyper and crazy and I'd have big lows. Running has kind of plateaued it. I, I guess you could say I don't have the highs I used to have, but they were manic and they would lead me to go out drinking and I would just be spinning like the Tasmanian devil and I would be I would trash places. So I'm kind of a lot more level. That has come from running and that is what running punks is all about so my, myself my mate Rodri we set up a thing called running punks so if you do experience similar issues and you want to just chat to someone about it and just see how running can help you look for running punks on twitter instagram facebook uh, you know just just find us give us a shout and we'll we are there for you right we'll, we'll come and take you for a run wherever we do a little training plans so i just wanted to put that in there because i sometimes forget that what led me to run and it was definitely like I needed to change my lifestyle I know now I think a lot about I set myself challenges and I act as if I've always been a runner but it wasn't the case it was a good chunk of my adult life where I did anything apart from run and running really has like it saved me it saved me it's it's, it's just you know I keep banging on about it but it's just made things better and sunnier so check out running punks we are here I'm here if you need me Roger's there if you need him together we are just just double doubly there we are doubly there like extra thick milk we will help you okay i just want to pop that in there fresh air comes in all sorts of sizes you've got the room full size of air the pocket full and mouthful you can buy air in bulk enough to fill an alpine village there's even the air for sale that fills an upturned glass of water in the bath this story is about a slice of air, roughly the same size as a telephone box. It's a cool air. Even though you can't see it, it feels like a dark blue. I'm yet to feel that air when walking or sitting still, but I've passed through it a lot of times whilst running. The first time was late at night in Loka, running lap after lap around the bull ring. I have no idea how long I've been running for. I was focused on the sounds of Loka at night, barking dogs, crunching of gravel beneath my feet, the rustling of palm trees, and the tightening of crickets as the stars and planets gradually increased in intensity. Suddenly, I passed through a cool column of air. At first, I thought something had sped past me. My body felt like moonlight, my feet as light as grass. I ran another couple of laps and passed through the cool column of air again. It was like a spray booth for my insides. My lungs and bones felt full of colour. It was as though I'd woken from a flying dream. I felt anything was possible. Two weeks later, in my heat at the World Indoors, 
I passed through the invisible foam box again. I felt weightless all of a sudden, and I floated around the track to a new Welsh record. I'm just enjoying, I'm actually enjoying the hot chocolate. This hot chocolate orange. Mm. It's very nice. It's kind of like two drinks in one, and because it's like citrusy, and citrusy is kind of almost minty, so I get the feeling I don't have to brush my teeth before I go to bed. That's disgusting. Of course, I'll brush my teeth. I will also wash my hands because I don't know where you lot on the bus have been. I might get the coronavirus. So I will be thoroughly cleansing myself after this podcast. What's coming up this week? On Sunday, it's a Slathy Half Marathon. I'm a Slathy boy now. I can, I'm comfortable walking around in a tracksuit. I can go to the town centre and I can tell the difference between aliens and real people. So I am a Slathy boy. I guess they call us Turks. Um, yes, so it's my hometown half marathon. Uh, last year, it was the first race I ran properly. And like I said before, it was naughty. I ran it under someone else's name. I would never do that now. Don't ever do that. That's a foolish thing to do. Please obey the rules. I think they call it respect in the half. Just just don't be naughty boy. Don't be naughty boy or girl. Just, just do it properly. So I'm running it as myself. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going into it having like no idea what shape I'm in. Really have no idea. I've been running for fun since January. Haven't done any sessions really. Uh, this week I did three lots of 10 kilometer progressions. Two of them on the road. One on a treadmill. So yeah, it's I'm going into it just like, well, what, what's... Let's just see what this is all about. Let's let's go fastish at the start and see how long I can keep it going for. That is going to be my thing. I believe my PB for the half marathon is one hour twenty two. So I I would like to go faster than that because that's progress. Um, you know the dinosaurs didn't didn't die out and go extinct just so I can get slower as I get older. It's you know I want to get faster. That that doesn't make sense. That's a weird thing to say. So I've got that on Sunday and I you know it's. It, this is this is interesting, okay? Let me. Is it interesting? I don't know, but it's not often you can do a race, and it will introduce you to a a part a place to go running, which you've never run on before, and then it becomes part of your weekly run. You run it as much as you can. So that is the bit around the back of my harness. When we raced it last year, I was running around there going, "This is amazing! If only I could just sit down and take it all in instead of trying to keep my toenails on my feet still and just finish this race." and it's something I run a lot now, and it's I think it's I believe on race day it's where you hit mile ten, so it's the final five kilometers. So I'm really looking forward to running down there. Um, that's why have I said that. I don't I don't really know why I've said that. As if I need to prove that I'm from Slathy. That's just mad. Um, last year as well, I, I remember seeing all the Slathy boys out in their vests, um, and I just thought they look like a cool bunch of guys. They're all good runners. I I would like to meet them, shake their hands, and then join them. And I'm joining them. And that's, that's still, I, it still makes me feel happy that I'm, I'm running with people who I saw run last year, and they were amazing. So hopefully I can get quite close to them, particularly the bull. The bull is, I, I'll probably see him at the start, and I, I got a feeling he's going to smash out a really good run. That is, so that is on Sunday. I just I'm just waffling on. I'm just I'm I'm I won't lie. I'm talking to you. I'm driving mm-hmm. the mega bus, and I'm just thinking about the flavors of this orange hot chocolate at the same time. Okay, let's have a look at some questions. Then is it? I got a few questions. Um, they all come on Instagram for some reason. I think I think Instagram is a good place for questions. I guess on Twitter, I say any questions for the podcast, and people just like the tweet. That's odd. Just just ask me something, isn't it? So let's go. Let's have a look. Tom Taylor zero zero six. How to lose weight effectively from running and only running. I can't afford a gym. 
Dom, you don't need to buy a gym. Oh no, you mean membership, you can't afford gym membership. That's fair enough. Um, I guess lots of people ask me about the losing weight because if you look at me and you think of how I spent a lot of time looking, immediately it's like that guy has lost weight. Uh, but like I've said before, it wasn't, it didn't become easy. No, easy is not the right word. It didn't become manageable until I realised it was no longer about losing weight. It was about, hang on, I had a little burp then and it was like the size of a minstrel chocolate and I wasn't sure where to let it out or swallow it. In the end, it just it just did a lap on my mouth and flew away like a moth. So anyway, what was I saying? Yeah, so the weight thing, it was about, when I realised it was about getting back to a better version of myself, not about getting rid of fat. It was just pulling that sunken version of Jimmy out of a dark lagoon and bringing him to the surface. That was when the weight came off. So I would say, just run. You're going to enjoy it. I mean, I'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy it. Most people enjoy it when they get into it. And the enjoyment will will stretch to you want to get better at it. And by want to get better at it, you will be like, I'll say no to that burger tonight because I'm going for a run tomorrow. And then that one burger becomes another burger. You say no. You just say no to loads of stuff, which is bad for you. And before you know it, you're getting skinnier and you're getting better running. So that is my advice. Um, <laughs> you couldn't see that, but I did like a little point. Like Lord Kitchener, I was like, that is my advice. And that's a bit silly. Welsh Running Dad on Instagram. I follow this guy. He recommends a lot of running books, which I haven't got around to reading yet because I'm still in my quantum mechanics phase. Just, I have no idea what the book's about, quantum mechanics books. I, I struggle to understand the concepts, but I just feel really satisfied when people come up with equations that explain life and matter and the universe. And I, I think... Good for you for coming up with that equation. I see an equation like putting a plaster on a wound. It's whatever was troubling that guy. He's put a plaster on it, and now it's going to heal. He's going to get. He's going to get a little scab, which will fall off. But when that scab falls off, he usually has like a Nobel Prize for something. So anyway, whew, I digress. Welsh running dad asks me: hat reverse or normal? Which is fastest? Now, I know you're asking this because I do pretty much every run with a hat on. Is something that I picked up in 2006 from Yuri Borzakovsky, who was Olympic champion at the time, and I got to race him twice in his own country in Russia. He was my hero, my 800-meter hero. I got to race him twice. And I noticed he always warmed up and cooled down with a baseball cap on. I thought, that's cool. Like you do, you you try and copy your hero. So I started doing that. Um, I started warming up with a baseball cap on, and it's just it's just followed me through to later life, which is suits me well now because I don't have a lot of hair. Uh, and what I do is uh, I let the race tell me which way the hat needs to go. So I start with a hat normal. I just start running. Sometimes you're like, oh, this, this the hat can just stay normal for this race. Now and again, I flip in reverse when I go to overtake people. It's like changing a gear. I see the hat like a bit of a gear stick. I'm like, bang, stick it on backwards and I'll smoke some people. Uh, put it on forward then when I'm, I'm cruising. It's my autopilot. So don't worry too much about which way your hat is facing. Let the race tell you which way to wear your hat. Clancy5000, also on Instagram. Clancy5000, he's in a band called Paintings of Ships and they've got a new album out called Weird Orange Sky. I haven't listened to it all yet. I've listened to bits of it, but it's going to join me on my morning run tomorrow. And it was mastered by the genius that is Charlie Francis, who mastered my band's last album. He asks me, what is the hardest part about a run from the alarm clock going off to getting back home? Right. The hardest part for me is getting my left foot to work. I wake up and my left foot, it just doesn't want to move. It's, it feels a bit like, like a bird's claw. 
uh, and my bed is a branch and I just want to cling to it. So I've got like a spiky ball, which um, I roll my foot over for a little bit and I usually stick some tunes on when I'm doing that. That is where my foot loosens up. Once my foot is loose, I'm good to go. That's the hardest part for me, like genuinely, because the pain is real. It does hurt, but I like five or ten minutes on that spiky ball and I'm good to go. But it's, it's we- this is weird, right? Because um, like I just said, literally about three minutes ago, I'm, I like reading. These are the books I got. I got all these books next to me and the majority of them are about physics. I was rubbish at physics in school. I was I was pretty bad in school anyway. I was just I just wanted to listen to Supergrass and be in a band and run. So I it's, 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 I'm stupid that I want to learn now. I should have done it in school. Uh, but Carlo Rovelli has written two books. Um, the last one in particular, I can't remember the name of it, but it's about how um, I think it's called the Nature of Reality or something. And it's about how time doesn't really exist. It's something we've invented. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing. You've got to read it to kind of not even understand it, just get like 5% of understanding from it. And when I'm running, I feel that happens. Sometimes I feel like no time has passed between leaving the house and getting home. And that I had like a really good example of that this morning. I've, the first bit of my run is like down the street and then across the main road. Then I go down a little lane. It's not very enjoyable. And I often find myself just thinking, I want to go home. I want to eat some breakfast. I want to toast loads of bagels and cover them in butter and then just phone in sick and never go to work again. And that, that bit, <clears throat> I just got to get through that. And then the next thing you know, the run is done and it feels like no time has passed at all. So get out there and just start your run. Colin McCourt asks me, hello, Colin. Um, congratulations on your 100 mile week. That is mind blowing. I don't know how you've done it. Uh, you full time job and a family and you've run 100 miles. I'm... At a stretch can do 50 so i take my hat off to you and you know you, you just you, it's just brilliant thank you very much for sharing your story as well because it got me running in the first place anyway colin asks me if you could only smell one thing for the rest of your life what would it be it'd be too e- easy to say something like cut grass or um petrol or flapjacks fresh at the oven i think the one thing i would smell would be a candle that's just been blown out just to remind me how impermanent everything is and make the most of my moments. <laughs> I don't know, that's really cheesy. I guess the inside of my nose, I would like to smell the inside of my nose and then by doing that, I would also smell whatever's going through my nose. So I got you on that one. I've, I've rumbled you. If I could smell anything, it would be the inside of my nose, which is why we can all smell anything anyway. Now, I also think that, you know, when people say things don't taste of anything, like... Um, I don't like broccoli, it doesn't taste of anything. Does that mean it tastes like the inside of your mouth? Think about it, my mind is blown. RL24 on Instagram. RL, hello, this guy, right? I I first, I believe I first met him and raced him. I don't like saying race because it's not like that for me. I, I ran the same distance at the same time with him in Ammonford and lovely guy. And I kind of watched him progress as the year went on and... It's like you get these people you just, you cross paths with, uh, cross, I can't say it, talk properly, you cross paths with. So I met him and, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he's relatively newish to running and I just watched him get better and better as the year went on and I think the last time we ran together was Nos Gallen on New Year's Eve and he, he, he left me, he just he just burnt me with a, with a mile to go, he was gone and up until then we were back and forth in a race and I just, I'm so chuffed for the guy, he's take into running really well and getting better so well done Arwell it's brilliant to see and he asked me what sort of sessions did you used to do 
when running 800 meters and how many um i can't remember a lot i've got my old training diaries from my 800 meter day somewhere i will dig them out they got lots of pictures of rock stars on the front so i'll find them um but most sessions started with a 400 meters um because i think purely from like a psychological point of view i think the 400 meters for me in a race was what wasn't really that important it's like the bit when you if you turn up early to a musical that's when the orchestra is turning up tuning up they they they're getting all all the instruments ready to play the classics the hits so the first 400 for me was just like just getting around the track building up enough lactic in your legs but not too much so I would start more sessions with like a 400 in about 49 seconds, something like that, and then build on it, build on it from there. I guess the emphasis was always on staying strong for the last 300. That's where the, the race really began for me, that, that final bit of the back straight. We would hit the track maybe two or three times a week. Um, I ran better in the winter because my mileage was high, my gym work was high. And kind of the distance I was running on a track was a lot. Um, I know we did lots of 300s. And I think one of my favourite sessions was like a 300, 100 metre walk, a 300, 100 metre walk, a 300. So three 300s. Um, and then like five minutes between sets and then going again. I got this thing about the three. I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but that is one of the reasons I run in kilometres. Because I know I'm doing well when my time is like three minutes. I mean, I've, I got this real thing about a three. Uh, so 300 metre reps was like my favourite and I know there was a session that me and James Thee did up at King Coyd, which is Uick, I guess now, or Cardiff Met. We did 400s on that track. I'm going to message him, actually. I'll message him and I'll talk about it next week because it was one of the best sessions ever. I think we did eight 400s or six. Anyway, it was ridiculous. We were flying. So, yeah, I I don't know if I answered your question. I don't think I've answered your question. Have I? Uh, what sort of sessions do you did? It, it was... Yeah, it would start with a 400 and then I'd build it up from there, like a pyramid. The vo- the 400 metre rep was the base. Uh, Darren Clues, is there, he asked me, is there an enjoyment versus distance access ratio? I think mine is between 10 and 12k. I love the little bit when I just go beyond 10 miles. I don't do a lot, that's a long way for me. Like running more than 10 miles seems like a battle for me, but I do love that little bit when I go past 10 miles, I feel slightly delirious. Uh, and then Phil Begnett, final question, can you do any accents or impressions? No, but I think I'm really good at impersonating the way people run. That maybe I'll do a thing on people's running impersonations. Not impersonations, just the way people run. Oh, actually, uh, Sam Darrell, who I ran with uh, when we when Running Punks did Soon Festival, he, he said I got a good Dave Goggins impression, so maybe I'll do a video of my Dave Goggins impression. Those are my questions. I've enjoyed answering them like always. Thank you very much. Send them in next week and let's do a little, have a little breather because I feel like I've talked a lot and then we'll have a little outro and I will see you next week. Thank you. Thank you very much for wearing your best blue jeans and joining me tonight on your weekly nighttime commute to a better version of yourself. Again, if you like the show, is there a show? I don't know. It's more like a drip of words into your head. If you enjoy this particular collection of drips into your head, please spread the word, put it on social media, tell your friends, tell your family, tell a dog, tell a tree, tell anybody. And more importantly, keep that ticket safe. I will see you next week.